everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode 32 of season three, or if you're into keeping track of those things longitudinally, it's number 132. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are back, Craig. The offseason is in full swing. And we are live. And we are live from the Blake Bortles Memorial <laughs> Studio. I'm actually in Bridgeport today. Uh, and the reason, half the reason I'm here is because I have a beer that I want Craig to try. Ooh. I visited Witch Doctor Brewing Company. I believe it's in Southington, might be Cheshire or somewhere up there. Uh, and I uh, had Southington. A, Southington. I had a beer there that I said, "Oh, Craig would love this." And the lady was like, "Well, I can give you one can of it." And I'm like, "Yes, please." <laughs> So, Craig, you're about to open up a can. Tell us what you're holding. Uh, I am holding a yellowish-brown can. That's the default. Um, we don't make this all the time can, Right, by the with way. a Papa Shango-looking little guy on it. It's which Dr. Brewing. Uh, it's called Popper's Porridge. Yep, it's an oatmeal red ale. Craig's going to go ahead and open that up. Bush. And I have another one of theirs, which I also have one in the bag for Craig, too. This is called Holy Water, spelled with a W. Oh. Um, and it's called that. It has a demonic-looking witch priest on it. It's a New England IPA. It's 6.66% alcohol. So I'm going to go ahead and open that. Craig is sipping the red ale. Let's see right. what he thinks. Bush. Hmm, all right. Oh, he's going back for it. This is like his third sip before he's telling us what he thinks of it. He's really judging this one. Wow, that's really, really smooth. There's no, um, there's no like malt aftertaste. No, at all, because um, you said it was an oatmeal stout. It's an oatmeal. It's not an oatmeal stout. It's an oatmeal red ale. Red ale. It's a red ale made with oatmeal. That's good. It's really smooth. It's you like just, that? Yeah, it's good. So, so the it the story good. behind it is we're sitting at the bar, and uh, my wife got a flight, and that was in the flight that she had. I just got a. A glass of the the holy uh, water because I, I really enjoyed that last time we were there. Yeah, after a couple sips, you do start tasting oatmeal a little bit, okay. but it's good. But it's good. So she gets a taster of it and she goes, "I want you to try this." And she slides a glass over to me, and my reaction was, "Craig would like this." So I had to bring a Craig uh, a, a can you. back for Craig. So glad uh, glad you like that. Well, I have to take you up there sometime. So funny story, and I won't use their name, but on the other side of Witch Doctor is a barcade knockoff a place that sells alcohol and has arcade games. Right. And I wanted to go check it out while we were up there. But my brother-in-law said to me, yeah, I went in there. Uh, Barcade is not better. I was like, well, what what was wrong with it? Well, they don't serve food. I like the snack on when I'm having something to drink. And the best game in there was was Popeye. (laughs) Wow. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. They had Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Tournament Edition. Street Fighter 2. Not even like Royal Rumble. Like nothing. I was like, no Donkey Kong, no Mario Brothers. Avengers, X-Men. Pac-Man. He goes, oh, 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 I think there was Miss Pac-Man in the corner, but I think it was turned off. So I ended up not going in there. So again, I don't want to use their name because I don't want to besmirch them. I didn't actually see it, but I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, oh, I like those places that have the old arcade games and sell beer. Um, I just recently found out we're going to Lake George in May. Okay. And one of my favorite spots in Lake George is the Great Escape, which is a Six Flags property now. But they had this great old arcade in the Wild West section. And I just found out they tore out the arcade and installed installed bumper cars. Oh, boo. Oh, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that sucks. Boo. Nothing against bumper cars. but All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about some burning hot takes. Yes. You want to give or receive? I will uh, give this time. All right, what do you got for me? So I'm going to go over a list that I sent just you because I didn't want to send it to the podcaster group. Okay. 
Because I figure, you know, it'd be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. So, again, the Chargers need a quarterback. Yeah. So, of course, everyone knows who I think the Chargers are going to go get. You think Tom Brady's I think it's Tom Brady. But people think the Chargers are going to go after other quarterbacks. Yes. That may be available. Yeah. So, we're going to go down the top seven list. And now, one of those people is Tom Brady. But I'm going to start at seven, and we'll just see how, how you feel about them. Okay. The first one is the Chargers trading for Cam Newton. Possible. They think the Chargers would send them like a six pick for Newton. Six overall or sixth round? The would ship the number six pick. The number six pick in this draft. Yes. That I think Carolina would do. I would say that's possible. Okay, who's next? Uh next would be Jameis Winston. He does have new eyes now. Oh, that would require Rivers to land in Tampa, which would just be weird. That's right. like when you're dating you're you're dating somebody and you run into them you run into their ex at a bar, <laughs> kind of weird. But I'm gonna put I'm gonna put number seven at most likely so far. Okay, right. of the number, two that's more likely. Number five. Yeah, Nick Foles. No, too much money, no chance. There's no way they're gonna absorb that contract. He Not has, if they want to uh, resign Melvin Gordon. He has uh, 22.1 million. Yeah, and it's all guaranteed money at this point. So he, no. Uh, number no four on the list is Marcus Mariota possible tennessee is done with him but i don't think anybody thinks he has anything in the tank so i'm still sticking with cam newton is my most likely all right number three is they draft a quarterback named justin herbert that's also a possibility i think that's probably the route they would probably go okay all right uh number two is tom brady yep number three and this name just comes out of nowhere out of this well, number it's one? not nowhere but this is number one okay uh tyrod taylor tyrod taylor well, your yep. cat is meowing. Yeah, she does not like this pick at oh, all. I, I've never heard the cat, that particular <laughs> cat meow. He, uh, we're sitting here, and there's and Craig goes, Tyrod Taylor, and there's a moment of silence in here. <laughs> like, what the hell? Fiona does not like Tyrod Taylor. What do you got against Tyrod to Taylor, cat? Um, where is he now? Rod? Yeah, I don't even he remember is, where he um, is. Minnesota? Are they going to have to yeah. trade? I don't think... I don't think Minnesota has. No, he's he's there. He was Rivers' backup. Oh, he's apparently. in L.A. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Um, no, I still think the most likely scenario is they draft a quarterback. Their second most likely scenario is Cam Newton. What do you think? I just think Cam Newton is too broken right now to like run a West Coast style offense. He is, but Philip Rivers was a pocket passer too. He had zero mobility. That's a, that's a valid point. I mean, you're not you're not redesigning the offense. You're not bringing a running guy and saying, "All right, now we're going to adopt the Patrick Mahomes running style." Yeah, but then you're then as a coordinator, when you assume if Cam says he's healthy, you're going to start drawing plays that would have yeah. him run. But then all of a sudden, now he's no. broken again. No, I don't think at this point in your career you can design runs for Cam Newton. End of story for me. That, that, I just don't think it's possible. I just I think he's in a point where he can't he can't be expected to run on a regular basis. He can't pull plays. Like Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Can he scramble? Can he look upfield and see everybody's covered and there's nobody in front of him for 15 yards and take off? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not Elway. You know, he's not uh, Dan Marino, who Dan Marino's just going to sit down, you know, take a knee and go, <laughs> I surrender because, you know, he couldn't run. He's He can run, but it wouldn't be not be designing things for that. No. No. And I think yeah. they would be foolish to. I think Anthony Lynn would be foolish to hitch his wagon to that star because if Anthony Lynn brings him in and that team wins four or five games this year, Anthony Lynn's tenure is over. So 
What do you? It's so. So you. So yeah. It, I mean, I'm still on the Tom Brady going there train. But right. I guess it would. It would make a lot of sense that they do draft a quarterback. Yeah, I think drafting. Assuming is Assuming that likely. the Bengals aren't going to draft Justin. So. Right. Right. I'm with you there. All right. So for my question, I want to go outside the NFL. Sure. I want to talk about baseball. Okay. Everybody's talking about the Astros. The Astros yes. deserved a bigger penalty. Mike Trout who never talks to anybody about anything, is talking about this. I'm not going to go there. Right. I'm going with somebody who is choosing to not talk. Okay. <laughs> Yoenis Cespedes. <laughs> Bless you. Who shows up <laughs> at Mets spring training. Keeping in mind, last year he showed up after the big contract. He drove a different car into spring training every day. Oh, he did? And showed <laughs> off. as like, look at my car. I've got a lot of money. The Mets pay me a lot of money. Yeah. And probably got hurt like 10 games of the season and played, I think, a total of 15 to 20 games last year. Got out of the car this year, and when the press mobbed him because he is the big story on the Mets right now, mm -hmm. his response was, I'm not talking to you today. I'm not talking to you tomorrow. I'm not talking to you this year. And he walked in. Wow. Craig, fair or foul? Yuan Cespedes says, I'm not dealing with the media this year. I you know after last year and possibly whatever the Mets or his agent told him to say, <laughs> I would say fair. I'm gonna go foul, and I'll tell you why. You know I hadn't thought about the agent thing. The agent's telling him, "Listen, go in there and shut your mouth until you hit at least a dozen <laughs> home runs, and then start talking." You made a spectacle of yourself in 2019. So you're saying he was Willie Mays Hayes? Yes, you made a spectacle of yourself coming into spring training. You flaunted your new contract. You talked. You didn't talk to big game. Yep, we're gonna win this year, blah blah. And then you went out there and you had one injury after another. I believe at one point his injury was set back because he stepped in a hole and re-angered his ankle. Ankle, not angered his ankle. <laughs> angered his ankle or his leg. At one point he aggravated his injury by walking down the street, essentially. And now you're going to show up after being all bluster and no substance and say, I'm not talking to anybody. Sorry. That's BS. Yeah. It bothers that's, that's me. A fair, that's a fair point. It bothers me. But I think probably, you know, after um, what all the agents learn from Antonio Brown, that, uh, you know what? You should probably tell people that are your... Uh, that you work for to probably be quiet in some situations. Yes. And you know, what's funny is that AB has been real quiet. No, he apologized to everybody. He apologized, he apologized to everybody. Apologized to police. Apologized to the Patriots. He apologized to, to Ben. To Ben. He apologized. Not Juju. He's still mad at him. No, he didn't say anything to Juju, but he is. I have to think he's actually getting some assistance. You think so? I think he's actually in therapy. Yeah. I hope he is. I hope he is too, because he was going down a, a really big hill. <laughs> so he's still tweeting like six times a day, but five of them are about his music, which is fine. Fine. That's fine. Absolutely fine. You want to push your music. I'm fine with that. I'm not seeing things like no more white woman 2020. Or screw all of you. Screw the NFL. Fuck them. Yes. Yeah. That, we're not seeing those <laughs> tweets anymore. I'm seeing four tweets about about his music and he's filming a video and he's, he's really loving to doing a music thing. And Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry if I angered the NFL, I'm working on some stuff and that's it. I'm not no, saying then maybe, uh, maybe he is actually getting the help. He probably needed. I, I, he absolutely needed help. All right. What do you got for me? Um, question. The third question. The third, you know, the actually the chargers thing was the biggest question I had. So I'll, I'll throw, we could talk about the Astros. I mean, we could talk about the Astros again. It's up to you. 
I mean, yeah, we could. I mean, we might as well since we just talked about baseball. It's stupid. But it's stupid, and really, again, they just—I don't know. Major League, ba- like, look, we all know cheating in baseball is a thing. Yes, stealing signs is a thing. Yes, but this was like—I just still this think was this was an organized this is effort. way beyond it. And I've talked to a guy who played professional baseball, and he was like, "Yeah, I've never seen anything." this organized and orchestrated before (laughs) this is the difference between a guy stealing signs versus this is like the difference between a guy who holds up a liquor store and organized crime (laughs) right you know but (laughs) the difference between a guy who holds up a liquor store and a guy who walks into a liquor store and goes a lot of glass bottles in here be a shame if they all fell over at once (laughs) smiles and then leaves and the next day you come in and all of your bottles are on the floor with a note saying, this didn't have to happen. That's what this is like. Pretty much. This is like a 20s mobster flick. You know, the only thing you don't have is somebody going, say, at the end of every sentence. Yeah. I agree the punishment wasn't severe enough. I understand the commissioner's point. But here's the thing. When you got guys like Mike Trout, who never opens his mouth about anything, coming out and saying this wasn't right, you've got a problem. You have yeah. a problem. Now, where I won't say, and what certain people want me to say, is that the Dodgers should automatically be named the champions of 2017. I mean, you can put an asterisk next to their name, I guess. Yeah, but. you want to strip them and say no award was given, there's no champion for 2017, I'm cool with that. But the L.A. Dodgers and their faithful are like, they stole a championship from us. Everybody knows it. No, you lost the World Series. <laughs> you may have lost the World Series in a loaded contest. You still lost. There is no guarantee that no. without the cheating, you would have won that contest. Right. So I'm not giving you a trophy. I'm happy with taking it away from Houston, but I'm not driving it to right. LA. Or just put an asterisk next to the title list or whatever. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's just because if you go back and watch those games, like it just amazes me. You can hear them bang on the the garbage can. I've never noticed it. Well, I, I never noticed it either. It. But now if you go back and watch it, like, I know I'm the only Yankee fan out of all the podcasters, but if you go back to that playoff game, you can hear, and you're listening for it, you can hear them bang on it, and then he hits the home run. And, and yeah. one of the players was mic'd <laughs> up. When Altuve hit that home run to end the series, Yeah, you can hear it really lightly, don't touch my shirt. Yeah. Don't touch the Why? shirt. Like, he hit a home run. Why is he grabbing the top of his shirt? No one does that. Then he was like, oh, yeah, my wife was going to get mad if they ripped my jersey. What? Who says that? Okay, because uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you this: How many game winning slash series winning slash World Series or championship Whatever. level winning have you seen where someone is ripped th- their shirt gets ripped off as a round you know as a I mean plate? not really that I can recall only in soccer does that happen yeah only in soccer and usually it's voluntary <laughs> right they're the ones throwing it off usually it's voluntary you know so no yeah. That, that, oh, I was worried they're going to damage my jersey. Why? Because he said his wife was going to get mad at him if it ripped. What the hell does she care? He can throw <laughs> it in the dumpster and grab the other one. Here you go, they folks. more than one. Inside secret from a guy who used to work for a baseball team. There's more than one each jersey. <laughs> There's more than one. Okay. I worked for a minor league baseball team. They had these things called, air quotes, double headers 
And do you, you know what they, they wear, did? They didn't wear the same jersey. That's why there's an hour between games because there's one guy in the hallway going, take off your goddamn clothes and shoving them into a washer. <laughs> As he screams at the players, there's a bunch of guys standing around their underwear going, man, is this going to be done in time? No, that's not what happens. <laughs> that is not what happens. That is not what happens. Now, to be fair, a lot of times in double headers, you'll see teams wear their alternate uniform in the second game. But if you ever notice, they're wearing the same pants. Or they're yep. wearing the same shirt and different. They change it up, but that's not because there's exactly one of each uniform. <laughs> if you go to uh, City Field, there's a fantastic Mets store on the bottom level of City Field. In it is a gigantic clothes rack full of used Met uniforms. Used, game worn, game worn, and they're all different prices depending on how popular the Met was. If you find the guy who was like the third string catcher from 2018, who spent the entire year there, you will find 20 copies of his home <laughs> uniform because every 10 games, they give him a new one after they can't get it white again. They just keep, and, and nobody buys it, so there's 20 of them on the goddamn rack. So you're saying he didn't have to worry about anyone ripping his jersey. Not for the purposes of collectability or angering his wife. I mean, I can't imagine his wife would be sitting at home celebrating with his family and she's sitting there going, everybody shut up. I got to see if he doesn't rip off his shirt. Right. Don't you rip off that shirt, Jose. Don't you hurt that shirt. Now, I can't imagine that's what's happening. Oh, it drives yeah. me nuts. It drives me nuts. All right. Onward. On to our main topic tonight. Our main topic tonight is our start to look forward to 2020 and the burning questions of each team. So on Super Bowl Sunday, Yes. Craig, our friend, our, our friend and contributor Cinch and I held a uh, podcast meeting at Reverie Brewing in Newtown. Thank you so much for hosting us, Reverie. Fantastic stuff. And we sat down and I said to the two of them, tell me something that's burning inside of you about each team. We went by division and we went by team. So tonight we're going to start working down the AFC. We're going to see how far we get. Okay. We're going to start in the AFC East and we are going in order of finish. So we're going top down. Right. So New England wins the AFC East at uh, 12 and 4 this year. The burning questions we had. What do you do about Tom Brady? What do you do about Bill Belichick? And where are your goddamn receivers? So let's start with the Tom Brady question. Right. Does Tom Brady return? I know you're already on record saying that he might yep. go to the Chargers. <laughs> and by the way, a 20-second timeout in this week's episode of Where in the World is Tom Brady? Supposedly, he's going to Vegas. The Raiders are preparing Allegedly. to offer him $60 million for two years. I don't believe that for a second. I mean, I believe the Ra the Raiders would pay him $60 million, but I don't think he'll go there. I, I, I think because if he went there, it'd be, <clears throat> it'd be too much of a spectacle for him. Right. He's not and about the spectacle. No. He's playing on because he wants to win. He wants to win. The end. He's not going to win end. in New Las Vegas. He's not going to win And I saw Vegas. a quick sidebar. I saw another article. I think people listen to this podcast and then write articles about oh my stuff to talk about. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> the day after syndrome we have. You, you watch. Tomorrow, the report will come out. Tom Brady agrees in principle, just waiting for the season to begin, the series to begin, or the, uh, the year to begin before signing the contract. It'll happen. Um, someone else said, because we've had this session before about Tom Brady. Yeah, fine. He has nothing to prove to anyone but himself. Uh, but himself about anything. And what he yes. has to prove to himself that we think that people think he can't win without Bill Belichick. That's my thought, yes. And someone wrote an entire article based around that topic. The whole idea is he wants to separate himself from Belichick because winning a championship without Bill Belichick will finally ends, prove 
ends the system quarterback conversation. Right. I, that's kind of so. how I felt too. But LA, I'm sorry, Las Vegas is not the place that's well, going to happen. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. Um, but yes, yeah, I same this, and this ties into the receiver topic. I don't think the Patriots can afford Tom Brady and fix the receivers. And I don't think Tom Brady is going to come back to the same team he had last year and get the same results. So let's let's go there for a second because I, believe it or not, this holy water is running right through me. So mm. I'm going to run to the restroom and turn the mic over to Craig for nice. a second here. But <laughs> so the question then becomes: Brady wants to win. It's pretty clear that this group of receivers, as it's currently entailed, is not of that quality. Edelman's getting older and is still the go-to target, but he has been injury-riddled and can't and stay sober broken. and off of cars. <clears throat> right. Nikhil Harry is a tremendous talent, but it's pretty clear that Brady isn't a fan of him yet. What do they need to do? Who is out there on the free agent market, or what kind of receivers do they need to bring in? Because we're talking about this, too, from a fantasy perspective. So if Brady comes back to New England, he's coming back to win another championship. Who do they need to put around him that's going to, A, get him that championship, and B, is going to make him fantasy relevant in 2020? That's, that's easily enough to talk about. Here I go. That is. All right. So, really, we have to figure out what wide receivers could the Patriots sign. So, I have a list here of free agent wide receivers that may or may not help the Patriots. Another big thing we have to look at, too, are tight end because tight ends have always been important in the Patriot offense. I'm and coming. uh Brill will be back uh, shortly. So, I'm going to go down a list of the top free agents in wide receiver, and we'll figure out if they can help the Patriots. Number one is A.J. Green. Let me get, get this out there as a Bengal fan. The Bengals, like, okay, fine. They said they would work with Andy Dalton to trade him to another team so he can still play somewhere, which is fine. But you have to realize how extremely rare that is for them and Britt's back. We I'm back. We have you have to realize I ran up the stairs. <laughs> you have to realize how rare that is for the Bengals to do. They don't trade people, they don't trade picks. They kind of just let people go and that's that. So I mean, I would like AJ Green to stay there. Could he help the Patriots? Maybe he is kind of broken. So next on the list is Emmanuel Sanders. Old. He is old, but this past season. He only dropped two passes. But he only got thrown 12. <laughs> Next on the list is Devin Funches, because he isn't anywhere. Also old. <laughs> well, he's not, but he feels old. <laughs> uh, Paul Richardson. Nah. Amari Cooper. Ooh, that's and intriguing. You, well, I mean, you want to talk about drop passes. Yeah, but in terms of, like, talent and ability to run routes and stuff? Uh, we could bring back an old favorite, Danny Amendola. <sighs> He just had a concussion thinking about going back to the Patriots. <laughs> um, then next on the list is Travis Benjamin, Rashad Perryman. Okay, this isn't getting better. Chester Rogers. Here's the one person that I think the Patriots are probably going to sign. Okay. Is Robbie Anderson. Because Robbie Anderson and the Jets are about to break up. And as we all know, the Patriots like to sign people from their own division. Oh, yes. Oh, actually, you know what happens in every division but, happens a lot in the AFC East. If but it happens it a lot in the AFC East. People just a go lot. back and forth. <laughs> like, like the Jets are supposedly sick and tired of Le'Veon Bell already. If Le'Veon Bell was a Patriot next year, it would not shock me. Right. I don't think it is clearly, I don't think it's going to happen, but no. Robbie Anderson going to the Patriots or signing with the Patriots is definitely a possibility. Yes. 
Yes. So, yeah, I think that's a possibility. I didn't hear a single name on that list that makes me think if they brought this guy in, Brady would definitely want to come back. No. So, But let me switch really quick. Let me just switch to, to tight end. Please, I'm still catching my breath. And I still got a beer over here. Um, tight end Tight here. end's a massive issue for 90% of the NFL, and the Patriots are included in that. Anytime you want to load, Paige, feel free. We, well, uh, well first up. of all, Greg Olson signed with someone. Yeah, he went to the Seahawks today. He went to the Seahawks. Good luck with that. For $7 million for one year. Enjoy your blocking. Uh, next on the list, we have Vance McDonald. <sighs> we have Eric Ebron. I, I, Vernon, I, Vernon Davis. Retired. To, retired. Yeah, uh, formerly retired. Formerly retired. Jason Witten. Doesn't want to retire and says he'll leave the Cowboys. Tyler Efert. Broken. <laughs> Tyler Eifert, my back. <laughs> um... Demetrius Harris, Mercedes Lewis, Charles Clay, Hunter Henry. I personally think Hunter Henry is going to stay in, San, in the, um, the, as the, almost said, San Diego, L.A. The fact that Mercedes Lewis made that list <laughs> is a testament to how thin tight end right now as an offensive production piece is in the NFL right now. It is. Yeah. Every There's just not a lot of... All right, let's go down the... You know what? Hold on. Yeah. I'm pulling it up. Okay. I'm pulling it up. Give me like two minutes. Mm-hmm. All right, so so let's you know keep talking about that. I, I'm gonna go to oh here it is. No, I'm gonna you found it already. Up. I'm just gonna. Oh, I, I mean, Darren in. Fells maybe, eh. and then the rest of this list are people you've never heard of. <laughs> trying to log into our fantasy site. Really, so, honestly, Darren Fells is probably the best option on that list. I'm I'm going to our home league right now. Okay, and I am attempting to pull up year to date standard NFL. Not free agents. I want to see tight end. Yep. And I want to see all. Okay. So play the game with me. All right. This is like that game from Price is Right where the little yodeling guy is going off the cliff. Yep. You tell me. I'm going to go down in fantasy points. Okay. Where do we drop off the cliff from somebody we could use or somebody who could be productive to, oh, dear God, please shoot me in the head. Okay. Travis Kelsey. Uh Uh-huh. Darren Waller actually was number two. In, you were big on Darren Waller last year. I was year. big on Darren Waller last year. George Kittle, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, okay. Austin Hooper, okay. Tyler Higby. He came yeah, on late. Okay. okay. Yeah. Jared Cook. Okay. Hunter Henry. Okay. Dallas Goddard. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we're feeling like we're teetering right now. Jason Witten. Yeah, okay. Greg Olson. Okay. Mike Jacecki teetering again that's it that that's my line <laughs> greg olson the, the, who's after jacecki uh noah fant all right he got hurt uh evan engram jack doyle kyle rudolph tyler eifert how does Ty- tyler Eifert even play this year um yes he did he did not a lot but I, i'm like there's like eight names on this list and then that's it like i'm gonna draw my line after i i'm gonna draw after hunter henry Two of these guys play for the Eagles. <laughs> the Goddard and Ertz both play for the Eagles. Two, three, from counting, seven, eight. Dallas Goddard's the number 10 fantasy tight end, according to CBS in 2019. Zach Ertz was number four. Oh. Two of the top 10 fantasy tight ends were on the same team, and the team was bad. <laughs> Yeah, because they had no one else to throw that, the, to. Maybe that's it. Their numbers are inflated because everybody else was bad. You think about that, and 
the NFC East, there was no reason Dallas shouldn't have been so much better with all the other teams in that division. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. All right. I'm looking. I, so, so tight end so, is an issue. Yes. Tom Brady needs to throw the ball to somebody. Yes, period. And Edelman right now is really the only person he trusts. And so he's that's broken. the biggest issue. <laughs> and he's broken and possibly in jail. So All right, so who's next in the AFC East? Um, I don't know. The I Bills. Pull that list up. The Bills. So we were questioning their passing weapons again. And can Josh Allen continue to improve? Have we seen the best out of Josh Allen? Uh, or is he on the upswing? Cinch thinks that uh, they need a new quarterback. I think there's probably another maybe there's another season or two of him like improving. Yeah. Depending on what's around like the weapons around him. You know, they definitely have they definitely have a running game with Singletary. Oh, his emergence was crucial. Right. Crucial. And oh, my God. In retrospect, did they play that situation right? They let him learn behind Frank Gore and Frank Gore went, hold on, hold on for a quarter or two. And it catch my (laughs) breath. And they went, all right, Devin Singletary, get in there. And that was huge for them. Huge. But I think if they can keep their defense intact, um, they'll they'll be back where they were again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's showing me game by game. I don't want game. I want season long. But I think Josh Allen can continue to improve. I think the problem is who's he throwing the ball to? Do we think John Brown is the answer? Uh, I don't think I don't think he's he's the number one they thought he was going to be. Cole Beasley? Not a bad slot guy. But not the guy you want catching the ball. Uh, not the guy you right. want to be looking for. He is not your Edelman. Right. You know, that's the thing. So you've got a team that's got the primary the, the primary guy that Brady likes in Edelman and nobody else. And now you've got Buffalo who has the secondary guys, but not the primary guy. Right. So it's... And both teams are in the playoffs this year. Both teams. Because of their defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buffalo's defense was solid this year. Can't argue that. So, all right, let's talk about the Jets. Okay. Oh, do we have to talk about yeah, the Jets? Yeah, well, they're in the AFC, so we have to. All right, so the notes I have on this, and again, keep in mind, these notes are beer-fueled <laughs> and from Super Bowl Sunday. Right. So about three before weeks ago, game. before, before the, game. the game, the pre-gaming, yeah. So, Jets, I hear what I have is, what is the plan with Bell? What is the identity of this offense? And can Oh, I put. <laughs> All right, so this is on my phone. Okay. So it says, "Can Donald play a full season?" But it clearly means Darnold. <laughs> right. So my phone autocorrected Darnold into Donald. So Close can Donald enough. play a full season? As <laughs> uh, long as he doesn't get mono again. That was that was bizarre. that was so like random. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> so weird. And then after he got after he got mono and couldn't play for two and a half months. The Jets just completely lost their offensive identity. They barely used Bell for yeah, what Le'Veon he could Bell, do. Le'Veon Bell only had 789 yards this year. Yeah, 789. and he wasn't hurt. No. It was just bad. Also, too, they um, C.J. Mosley got hurt the first game of the season, yeah. so that was a big dent in their defense. So, it's kind of, honestly, for me, it's kind of hard to judge this team. I'm going to sum up what the problem with the Jets is in one question for you. The answer uh, to this question is the problem with the Jets. Okay. Who was their leading receiver? Um, leading receiver, huh? Yes. Led in catches, yards, and touchdowns. Um, Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Jamison Crowder. There's your problem. Your leading receiver 
had 800. Hold on a second. My eyes are bad. They are 833 yards. Your quarterback threw for over 3,000. As a team, you threw for over 3,500. And your leading receiver had 800 yards. Yeah, I. I'm telling you, when they just were not prepared for Darnold to get hurt or nope. is sick. They weren't. They weren't. And then they were like, I don't know what to call now. So, and and Robbie Anderson's talented. He has some off-field off issues. Yep. But I think he's just not He's not going to be a Jet next year, so that's not going to be a problem. You know, the injury to Quincy Anunua didn't, didn't help either. He needs to stop playing football. He needs to go away. He has been hurt every season. I think the last injury was to his neck. So to me, that's the universe telling you you should stop playing football. Okay, I'm confused by his stat line. You have to explain this to me. Okay. According to NFL.com, his stat line was one catch right. for negative four yards. Okay. But his longest catch of the year was eight yards. So he caught an eight-yard pass and then ran backwards. For four yards. For 12 yards. For 12 yards. Because he went from plus eight to minus four. I don't know if what I'm looking at is accurate. And it, I'll be honest. I'm a beer in. It's it could po- be. I'm reading one reception minus four yards for an average of minus four yards long eight. It. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to the. So what's the plan? What's the plan with this team? What's the I offensive have no idea. identity? I have no idea because they didn't have one last year because Darnold was, Darnold was sick. So their entire offense just was like, Bleh. but is that really <laughs> the reason they didn't I, produce? Yeah. I think they built this offense. They built and designed this offense around Darnold, and when he got sick, they just had no clue what to do. I think they had no clue what to do in the beginning, and the illness just pointed it out really in bold face that they had no idea what they were going to do with this offense. So I, I don't, I don't think the illness, the illness influenced Darnold's numbers, but not the team's performance. The fact that this team won seven games, seven games. Blows my mind. On seven occasions, this offense mm-hmm. that didn't and have defense. a thousand-yard receiver, that didn't have a thousand-yard running back, seven times it won a football game. Yes, is mind-blowing. Yeah, mind-blowing to me. And hopefully, C.J. Mosley won't hurt his groin uh, next season. They were last in the league in yards gained, two hundred and seventy-three yards a game. Average. Average. Wow. That's got to be passing, right? I'm looking at it. It just says yards, 273, 32nd. No, pass yards, 194. Rush yards, 78. Le'Veon Bell, and you have 78 yards average. Le'Veon Bell and Bilal Powell, who is like supposedly the guy who catches anything that's held thrown behind the line of scrimmage and runs for 12 yards, did not generate enough offense. They are dead last in the league in total offense. That's crazy. That is that is disgusting I, crazy. crazy. Next. So can, can they get better? Uh, they can get better. Just people need to stop getting hurt in mono. Okay. <laughs> so if you're telling me, let's make sure, let's assume they don't make any major changes to this lineup offensively. Okay. And Sam Darnold plays a full year. Hmm. They win more than seven games. And as long as CJ Mosley wins or doesn't get hurt rather. Yes. Okay. Okay. There you have it. So that brings us to the bottom of the division. Our good friend, the Miami Dolphins. They they need a lot of help. They're not very good. <laughs> so the notes I have is, can you bring back Fitz? Oh, oh God. Duh. Oh, God. <laughs> of course you can. I should have saved the bathroom break for this. <laughs> and what do you do about, and I have this in caps, the Miami mess. 
So let's start by talking to the aforementioned expert yes. on Ryan Fitzpatrick, Craig. Do they bring back Fitz? Do they look for another quarterback? They need to keep him. I mean, they can definitely draft a quarterback. Uh, but why why change what you have now in Fitz? He's an experienced quarterback. Uh, as you clearly saw, he can definitely throw. So let me just give so, you his numbers really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, oh, my eyes. 35-29 in the yardage, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So not like Mahomes-like in your interception to touchdown ratio, but not bad. You're above water. Not bad. Their defense. To me, the Dolphins' biggest issue was their defense. Their defense was literally paper mache. To me, the biggest issue is they don't have a running team. Their best running back? Hold on. I'm looking right now. That can't be right. Okay, hold on. I'm actually blowing up the number. Are you kidding? Yeah. The leading rusher on the Miami Dolphins was Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, yes. <laughs> Are you serious? Kaleem Bellage was the running back, but yes. And and he outrushed him by more than 100 yards on fewer attempts. Yes, so that's why magic is going to come back. I, I am actually floored by this. <laughs> I don't know what to say. These are the moments where I wish we had the camera set up for YouTube. The look on my face... There is nothing on earth that could be more shocking to me than this right now. <laughs> if our good friend Deb, hi Deb, hi Deb, walked into the studio right now and said, by the way, for the, I've known you guys for 30 years, but all that time I've actually been a man and took a zipper down the front of her face and revealed that she'd been wearing a girl suit. I could not be more shocked than I am right now <laughs> by learning that Ryan Fitzpatrick was the leading rusher for the freaking yes, Miami Dolphins. Because he's magical. He is the magic man. I'm going to go a different route. Miami's bad. Well, they're bad, but yes. Never forget, the king of the monkeys <laughs> is still a monkey. Okay, so Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> may be the leading rusher. He's still a dolphin. Now, what they did have going for them, I, I guess, we want to talk about bright side. They had a 1,000-yard receiver. It was Devontae Parker. They did. Put your hand in the air if you saw that coming. We're not, we're not, there's nobody no. at the head. Uh, there's no one else here but us. No, well, I, I'm looking, I'm even looking at the figurines. Craig has several collectible figurines. I don't see, I, I, I uh, think. Oh, the blue fish has his hand up. Yeah, but it's stuck that way. He can't put it down. <laughs> he he would if he could. So, uh, really, Devontae Parker was a leading receiver. My God. So, so this is what, this is a mess. So what does Miami need to do? So is, is Devontae Parker fantasy relevant in 2020? Um, if he says with the Dolphins, yeah, he has to think so. I mean, they definitely need more help, but I think they should keep what they have. Well, they've got to build on it. They have to build on it. So I don't think, I don't think they can get rid of too many players, but we've seen this out of Ryan Fitzpatrick before he goes somewhere. He's magic for one season. And then they're he like, is. Oh, we'll bring you back as a starter. And then he's crap the next year. We saw this in Buffalo, New York, <laughs> L.A. Now we're Cincinnati. in Miami. I'm sorry, Miami twice now because this will be the second time. Uh, what about Ryan Fitzpatrick makes you think that he's going to be fantasy relevant in 2020? Uh, if they get him another receiver. Now, I know last season I said he would be you know, a top 10 quarterback by week five. He wasn't. He was not. But he definitely moved up the list. He definitely moved up the list. Um, but for me, I just think the Dolphins are in such like a rebuild mode. I don't think they can take away the pieces they have now and just 
they have to add to what they have instead of taking away and then adding because it's gonna t- it's gonna take too long. I agree. I believe in addition by subtraction in some situations, not in this Miami team, not even close. So, all right, so we're gonna cut it there because that's the end of the AFC East predictions right now. So the way too early predictions. Way too early. Who wins the AFC East in twenty twenty? Um, the Bills. Okay, Craig goes Bills. I'm going to say me because I honestly, <laughs> I, I think the Bills are as good a guess. I, here's what I'm going to say. Not the Patriots. I really no. have a feeling, and I'm not saying the Patriots have a bad year. I think one of these teams is going to surprise us in 2020. It's impossible discussing the things we just discussed to figure out who that's going to be. But I, I think... Remember, folks, this is before the draft and before this is free February. agency. So. This is February. This is the way too early assessment. So... All right, let's move on to final thoughts. Craig, what do you got for me this week? Final thoughts? Um, thank you for the beer. You liked that, did you? That was good. I still have a can of the holy water in you here do. for you. Oh, yeah. You do, yeah, which you I can, will drink. You can celebrate with that afterwards. I'll be interested to see what you think of it. Um, okay, so that my pleasure on the Witch Doctor. That's a great place. I haven't. I, you've been to, have you been to Kinsman with us? No. Same area. Same area. Place gets way busier, though, because they allow kids and they have fantastic pizza there. Jerks. Yeah. Okay. So, like, we went there and, like, the last couple times we've been there, it's been, like, 7,500 people. And we're like, I don't know. Which doctor you walk yeah. in and it's always quiet. I mean, they've got uh, really I mean, you know, solid beer. Sometimes that's sometimes you just want it to be quiet. That's it. That's it. Sometimes you just want to quiet You don't beer. want everything to be the hops company. That's exactly and it. And if you don't know what the hops company is, folks, it's a really good place with a lot of beer and very good pizza. But, but very it, busy. It does get very loud all at the time. certain times a day. All the time it's busy. So, uh, My final thought is just going to be, I'm going to touch base on the Stefan Diggs thing. I don't know if you saw the news about Stefan Diggs today. No, I didn't. Stefan Diggs has scrubbed his Instagram of everything that had the word Vikings or a Vikings logo in it. Oh, my. Um, this is just stupid. Stefan Diggs is not going anywhere, and if he goes somewhere... He's not Is he going to go to the off. Patriots? <laughs> he could go to the Patriots. That might be the one spot. If they re-sign Brady, he'd be better off. But I don't think Tom Brady's going to deal with his attitude because he's an open complainer when he doesn't feel like he's getting the ball. And Tom Brady's going to be like, sit down and shut up, son. And, you know, he's going to have to be like, yes, dad. So <laughs> I, I don't think – I think some players don't realize how good they have it somewhere. He just signed a big extension with the, the Vikings last year. Oh, he did? Yes. And then this year, he's not the preferred target, and he's all upset so about how does, it. Like, how does that work? So you sign an extension. Yeah. Right? So he got the money last year. Yeah. He goes somewhere else. So technically, hypothetically, the Patriots would be responsible for the rest of his contract. For whatever part of the contract is unfulfilled, yes. Mm, that's a lot of money the Patriots It's a have. lot of money. Or a lot, a, of team, a lot of teams don't have. It was have. a big deal. Hold on. I have it up on my screen. I can tell you exactly what it was. It was a five-year, $72 million deal. So wow. I don't know how much of that is up front, but it's you're, the Patriots are probably liable for at least ten minute, ten million in that at least per year, and you're already you're only in year one, so this would be so you'd be buying a four year contract worth probably in the realm of fifty million dollars. Oh, they're not going to do that. No, they, they don't even have to do it. They don't even have sixty million to pay Brady. That's the thing. <laughs> you're trying to re-sign Tom Brady, and granted, Tom Brady's been very clear with his history. If for the right situation, he won't. He'll be the lesser-paid quarterback. Money isn't what interests him. Being married to the the world's highest-paid supermodel will make money less of an issue. <laughs> I appreciate that. But if Stefan Diggs thinks, you know, I'm gonna just find somewhere else and be better with that kind, the only people who can afford to pay you are the people who can't afford can't afford a quarterback to get you the ball. Pretty much. Sign him in Miami much. and watch Ryan Fitzpatrick underthrow him every day. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, if you would like, leave us a review wherever you may listen to us on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Player FM. Uh, like 35 other places, please feel free to leave us a review. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We are at fignutsdfs on Twitter. Um, I think that is about uh, it. And Facebook. And Facebook, obviously. Um, we actually have, I, I got a message from Facebook today, two new people were looking at your sign. I'm like, hey, great, that's hey, fantastic. That. Reach out to us. We love to hear from Fig Nation. Uh, we'll be back next week with more off-season news and notes. We'll probably tackle the AFC North next week. And maybe if we get through it quick enough, we'll do the North and the South. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast. <laughs>